Welcome to the Next Level Human Podcast. As a human, you have a job to do. In fact, you have four jobs. To earn and manage money, to attain and maintain health and fitness, to build and sustain personal relationships, to find meaning and make a difference. None of these jobs are taught in school, and that is what this podcast is designed to do, to educate us all on living our most fulfilled lives through the mastery of these four jobs. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Tita, and I believe we are here living this life for three reasons and three reasons only, to learn, to teach, and to love. In this podcast, I will be learning, teaching, and loving right along with you. I'm grateful to have your company. Here's to our next level. Welcome to the show, everybody. A very exciting episode today. I actually have uh, Emma O'Kelly with me, and I have her new book here, and I'm just going to show it to you. This is called uh, Sauna, uh, The Power of Deep Heat. And I want to set this up before uh, you know we get into this discussion. And as I introduce Emma, I have been a fan of sauna, more probably specifically contrast hydrotherapy when I was first introduced to it back in the late 1990s. And uh, Probably ever since, I don't know, probably 2006, 2007, I've had access to a sauna and contrast hydrotherapy and absolutely just love what this has done for my health, for my patient's health. It's something you all who listen to this podcast have heard an awful lot about. And this resource that you've done, Emma, is uh, absolutely amazing. It goes through all the health benefits of both hot and cold. It has beautiful photography on some of the most beautiful saunas that I've seen. And it goes through a lot of the history and all the different uses, actually. I was surprised to see so many different uses of heat and how people use this from sweat lodges to saunas to, you know, infrared therapy to traditional, you know, finished saunas to sort of everything in between. And so I really feel incredibly lucky uh, to talk to you because I considered myself really uh, well versed in this subject. And then I got your book and I was like, maybe not. And this is an absolutely amazing piece of work you put together. So first of all, thank you so thank much you. for doing this for the world because it's becoming incredibly popular and I'm sure many, many people are going to want and use your book. But get us started in, uh, you know, as I was reading in here, I was, I was, it was funny because right away I'm like, oh my God, she's, she didn't love sauna or didn't know much about it in the <laughs> beginning, although you were a fan of cold water swimming. And so I'm wondering, tell me a little bit of how you got into this and, you know, because it's really interesting, your story uh, along these lines. I would love to know how you got into this in the first place yeah. and how this project came together. Well, yeah, like you say, I wasn't into sauna because I'm British. I did not grow up with the sauna and um, I didn't really know what a good sauna was. Uh, so I went to Finland for work because I work at Wallpaper Magazine as a journalist. I'd go quite often to Scandinavia on assignment and I was doing an art story on an island of Finland. And when we'd finished working, uh, 
the people who were on this island said, let's go and get in the sauna and chill out. And I thought, what? So we got some beers and some snacks and we all headed down to this beautiful little wooden cabin next to a lake. And we spent the whole evening just going in and in and out of the hot and the cold, swimming in the lake, eating a little bit, talking, hanging out. And it was a fantastic way to unwind at the end of our working day. And it was a really good way to connect with all the other people who uh, I was with. And I thought, my God, why don't we have this in the UK? This is incredible. And because I've always worked on wallpaper, I've uh, work on visual stories so I thought I knew that these little sauna cabins look beautiful because I've seen them a lot the little curl of smoke a little wooden cabin on a windswept archipelago and I I asked the curator on the island to introduce me to a Finnish photographer who she thought might want to photograph some of these cabins for a book so she, so me uh, myself and Maya the photographer who is based in Helsinki met and she uh, photographed some saunas around the city on spec with and, and I wrote a proposal and we faced rejection after rejection after rejection <laughs> so we kind of both got on with our other jobs and forgot about it and moved on and then anyway in 2019 Finnish sauna culture was added to UNESCO's list of cultural intangible heritage which is a kind of esoteric charter that uh, protects things like uh, beekeeping in Slovenia or Spanish flamenco and Finnish sauna culture had been added to UNESCO's list and an editor I knew remembered we'd done this work so we wrote a story then came the pandemic and in the aftermath of the pandemic this uh, new renewed focus on health and wellness and we finally got our book deal so it took six years in the making and uh, as you will have now learned, I didn't know anything about what happened actually inside the sauna because I was focusing on what the sauna actually looked like from the outside. So then that's when my journey began <laughs> because I had to obviously familiarise myself with with what this all was. And, and the photographer Maya being Finnish was practically born in the sauna. She's a total expert. She has a sauna in her house. She has a tent sauna that she takes on assignment with her when she goes around Finland in her van. And she pops her little tent sauna up next to a river or, uh, you know, in a forest somewhere. And um, so she was the knowledge uh, in terms of what an actual good sauna is. And then I wrote about the journey of discovering what proper sauna is and how good it can make you, me, one, feel. And and now I'm completely hooked. I'm completely hooked. It's opened my eyes to a whole new world that I didn't know was there. Yeah, you know what, what you all are going to find when you read this book? This is what's really cool, Emma. It's like really nice to have like a true trained journalist, right? It, it's an interesting story because you have this journalist who knows how to tell stories, knows how to do the research. And then you have someone who's sort of a veteran taking pictures. And you really do get that sense of walking through this book, this sort of uh, discovery process. I actually want to start, you know, most people would want to start and you probably guess that I'd want to start like, what are the health benefits? But you know where I really want to start? And, and I'm hoping you're up for this discussion, but there's something that, um, 
You said it as you were describing your introduction to the sauna. There is something in my mind. I mean, the best word to describe it in my my way of thinking is there's something very spiritual about this process when you begin to get exposed to heat and cold. It does something to you. It's like creates this liminal space, almost like uh, between sleep and wakefulness, uh, uh, reminiscent of psychedelics in a sense. It's this thing that is puts you in a place that is uh, kind of indescribable. And I, I want to unpack this a little bit because I think when we talk about saunas, most people go, oh, well, what are the health benefits? And they get very Western in their sort of mindset regarding it. But I think the reason that I have stuck with sauna and fallen in love with sauna is because it does something for me uh, that makes me feel connected to something outside of myself. Yeah. And I'm wondering how you see this. Are you like, Jade, Absolutely. yes, I agree. Or how do you oh. see this? Oh, I completely agree with you. I completely 100% agree with you. And you know, the Japanese have a word for that state of mind, of that state of being that you're describing, which is totonota. And because sauna is a huge trend in Japan, they've, they've come up with this word. And it's like a kind of nirvana is you can't even make a direct comparison but it's the feeling you get when you've been doing your hot and cold and you've you've probably done you've been in there for a little bit of time it doesn't come straight away that feeling but uh you you pass into a different headspace your but i think maybe something about the heat that's pushing your body a bit and your brain just kind of melts a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. in a good way mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know what it re- you know what it reminds me of if you if you ever study sort of the pineal gland and how the pineal gland uh sort of releases uh, s- certain chemicals from you know melatonin and the posterior pituitary gland you know things like oxytocin vasopressin mm-hmm. and then dopamine and serotonin yeah. and this whole cocktail of chemicals that is similar in some degree to psychedelics it feels like that and yes. I, yes. I don't know. The best way I can explain it is almost like a sauna orgasm in a sense. Yes. What, what's what's the Japanese word again? Totonotu? Totonota. Totonota. Totonotu. Totonota. In the book, I... Yeah, you talk about it in, in the book. You. But I interviewed a Finnish doctor who is famous in Finland, and she's called the Finnish love doctor, because she talks about these what you've just said, that oxytocin, the serotonin, and the dopamine that are all released when you're in the heat, you know, the, the levels of cortisol, cortisol diminish and these other hormones uh, kind of are augmented. And she says that that is a moment to capitalize on. When you're aware of what that, that, that is what is happening, you should use all that, that feeling t- to reset, to regroup. So she's kind of saying you, you notice that feeling and then you you do something positive with that feeling. But it takes a while to get to that feeling, I think. That doesn't yeah. necessarily happen straight away. And also, if you're a new sauna bather, you you know, I couldn't take the heat in the beginning yeah. for very long. I had to keep getting out and then I'd have to try and remember what people had been saying to me so I could write it down and I couldn't remember my what they'd said or find my pen or my notebook or my phone because my brain had been <laughs> so scrambled. So to get to that place that you're talking about takes a little bit of practice, but it's once you get there, you're completely, completely hooked on it. 
like yeah. you clearly are and like I now am. Yeah, and let's t- let's talk yeah. a little bit. Sorry to interrupt you, but let's talk a little bit about that getting into that state because I, I will tell you, and I'm curious how you see this, that when I have a – I just built a sauna in my house. And so I have – when I have guests over, to me, sauna is like one of the best ways – to connect uh, with people, but many times they will get a little bit stressed in that. And from my perspective, I always just tell them, look, don't overdo it. Stay in the heat until you're just slightly uncomfortable. And if you get any kind of anxiety, it's just time to get out, reset Mm. for a minute, and then you can kind of come back in. And same with the cold. What I found is you Mm -hmm. have different personalities. Some people are more averse to the cold and love the heat and can handle the heat fine, but don't want to go anywhere near the cold. And some people want, you know, are very, you know, love the cold, but are very averse uh, Mm. to the heat. And it really does sort of challenge you in this way. It's sort of like balancing the Tao in us, in a sense, you know, that yin yang sort of aspect. But I'm wondering, uh, you know, what you discovered and you said that you you know, sort of were not feel, you know, we're not feeling great in the beginning. So what can you tell people to, how did you stick with it and end up falling in love with it? I'm curious how that first couple experiences went for you. We'll be back after a quick break. All right. Time to talk about one of our sponsors. This one is one of my favorites. It's a long time sponsor. You all know it. And if you don't, you are in for a treat. A G1. Now, for those of you who do not know AG1, I am very excited to introduce you to AG1 because it is one of the products that I've been taking for some time and I take this almost every single day. It acts as my multivitamin. It acts as my probiotic. It acts as my green drink. It does a lot of different things. It's an antioxidant and it has adaptogen herbs in it. This is something I use straight up, a scoop in water. It's also something surprisingly that I put into my protein shakes. It does turn those protein shakes green, but the flavor is so neutral that I don't even notice it. And it is a great way to get all these nutrients in. The things I love about AG1 is all the things I just mentioned, but the fact that when you think about it, look at all the different products it replaces. Prior to AG1, I was taking a bunch of stuff and it has replaced three to five different products for me. And so I really love this product. It is what most people would consider a greens drink if you just looked at it, but it is so much more than that. Now, I've taken greens drinks in the past. Number one, they tend to taste like swamp water. I love AG1 because it's a very neutral, pleasant flavor. And the other thing is, is that many of these used to raise my blood sugar because they put other things in it, extra starches, tapioca starch in particular, and AG1 does not do that. The other thing about AG1 is it does testing constantly on keeping its product clean, and it is on its 50-plus iterations, so they keep making this product better and better. But look, don't take my word for it. Really, you should try the product. To get AG1, all you have to do is go to drinkag1.com slash next level. Drinkag1.com slash next level. And they have a couple deals for you specific to that link. This is one of my favorite products. I urge you to get on AG1. It's going to be one of those things that you do for a very long time and be extremely beneficial for your health. Check the product out, drinkag1.com slash next level, and let's get back to the show. 
Well, I was one of those people that was very used to the cold because I've been a cold water swimmer for about seven years. So the cold bit I could do, and I think I, the, the heat I found really hard and I would just get out, like you're saying, you know, the first time I I had a really proper sauna, a wood-fired finished sauna, it was in Hackney in London, actually, and um, I stayed in the cold plunge for too long to try and combat how hot I was feeling, and then I couldn't warm up. So then I ended up having to go back in the sauna in my winter coat and my hat and all my clothes <laughs> to stand there for a minute. And one of the founders of that sauna was a trained doctor. And he said, this is fine. You just do what you've got to do. If you're feeling a bit lightheaded and your heart is racing, it's all normal. Just take a few deep breaths, take your time and just don't worry about it because it's normal. It's part of your body adjusting to this kind of temperature changes and then over time you your body you know your body remembers and it gets more used to it and then I think it probably took me about four or five saunas before I uh felt really comfortable in there with the with my heart racing for example or with feeling like light-headed after I'd come out of the sauna and got in the water and then I'd be a bit dizzy and and then I so it took me a while to be to get used to those feelings but they're all kind of part of it and now I don't have those my body has um toughened or or adapted if you like to to those to the kind of stretching the therm, thermoregulatory stretching that happens between hot and cold um which is part of the uh amazing feeling i'm sure you know the i don't think the science is there quite yet to to help us understand why we feel so good but we just know from doing it <laughs> you know and i know that that makes you feel really good yeah and you brought it you brought up a term i didn't know in your book uh sisu is that am i saying that correctly? ah yes yeah, sisu yes sisu yeah. so uh i want to unpack that a little bit because part of this does remind me sauna you know so like i'm a big weight trainer too so i i spent a lot of time in the gym and there's something about uh, different forms of exercise like for example cardio make you know lifts my mood it's really great whenever i'm feeling down and depressed uh, you know but weight training is very good for sort of my self-esteem, right? You know, uh -huh. and, and sauna seems to have this sort of uh, anti-anxiety, anti-depressive, and sort of this self-esteem um, effect. It's, it's almost like doing hard things and making it through. And then as I was reading through your book, I saw this reference to Sisu. So yeah. unpack for us, what, what is this Sisu? Because as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, I totally get that. That's why I love it so much because it reminds me of working out. Oh, really? Aha. Mm. Uh -huh. Well, sisu is a Finnish word, and it's a kind of uh, a word that kind of defines Finnish culture. You know, it, it means resilience and strength in the face of hardship and being practical and just getting on with it. Mm. So uh, I interviewed um, a Finnish swimmer who's the, the for the book, who's a cold water swimmer who is swam around something like 250 lakes, dragging a raft with her camping gear and her food. Oh my on gosh. And she swims every day. And if, and it could be minus 25 in Finland very easily. And she has her ice saw and she cuts a, if she's somewhere and she needs a plunge, she just cuts a hole in the ice with her ice saw. 
and she just gets on with it and she's like I don't think about I just do it I don't I don't expect things to be any better than how they are I just deal with what what's in front of me so if it's minus 25 and I have to cut an ice hole then that's what I do so that's the kind of Finnish spirit of sisu which is very very impressive <laughs> Yeah, and and you know I think the you know the the American culture is really interesting. It's a it's an interesting kind of culture. But one of the things there we're we're a we're a kind of a culture of extremes. I feel like right we're the we're both the fattest country in the world and the fittest country in the world. We're both the dumbest country in the world and the smartest country in the world. We we're like this land of you know extremes. I feel like in the United States, but I feel like this concept of sisu definitely relates to a lot of the biohacker sort of fitness yes. community that resides yes. sort of in uh, the Western world. And obviously we're incredibly close cousins to the Brits. So, you know, we have a lot of that, that similarity there, but I really think that's an idea that many of the biohackers mm-hmm. community, the fitness community, you know, uh, will gravitate towards. Cause yes. that's the reason we do what we do. Like, I wonder for you, like what even got you into cold water swimming? I mean, that has to build an incredible amount of resilience to just be able to get in the water and, and, you know, uh, experience that. Yeah. I mean, that's, well, I live in North London near the, near Hampstead Heath, where there are, we're lucky enough to have three freshwater ponds that have been there for hundreds of years. And, um, for me, it was partly the community thing. So me and three of my neighbors, we all, we all said, let's do this thing through the winter. I was like, I'll never be able to do that. I hate the cold. I'm, you know, uh, I'm not a biohacker. I'm not particularly athletic. Uh, I'm, but I'll try it. So it just started like that. And there's no way I would have done it unless I'd had my friends and neighbors with me. So we were a little group of five and we would all encourage each other and go together. And then then, you know, over time, and we'd stay in for a few seconds in the beginning because it's hard yeah. when you start. You know, it's really cold. <laughs> Your heart is pounding. And we, um, oh, and, but we'd love it. You know, we'd love the build up to it. We'd all be stressed about going in and like, ooh. And then we'd come out and we'd all be really proud of ourselves. And, and, and then, and now actually, now we we don't swim together because we're all really uh, used to being swimmers. So we I go on my own now. But in that in the beginning, it was the, it was definitely the camaraderie and the challenge. So yes, I guess there was Sisu involved for sure to yeah. do it. Even though I don't think of myself as a particularly having lots of Sisu, because I also <laughs> quite like my creature comforts. But I guess to do that, maybe you do need to have a little bit somehow. Yeah, I feel like, you know, we, one of the things I feel like, and I'm wondering uh, how you see this, I feel like sauna and the sauna culture and, you know, you know, the fitness culture as well. And anything that we do that is difficult as humans, uh, it crosses over into our, you know, our real world, right? Sort of experience. So from, from my perspective, I almost see that we need more things like this that are hard to do right more things that are difficult so that we can take our time and relax and and restore and recover you know and and it's that balance between the two that i think culture needs of course fitness isn't always the way that people want uh to do this but i feel like this sort of more passive especially with heat the sauna can be a little bit more passive than what we might be used to with extreme fitness if you know what i mean Uh 
Yo, absolutely, absolutely. Because I, I'm not one for extreme fitness, uh, you know, or going into gyms or, or particularly being a biohacker or doing Vim Hof. But I think it's a gentle, it can be really gentle sauna. Mm. You know, you if you just go into a, a, a 50 degree sauna and you stay in for 10, 15 minutes, it's not, it's not, it, it's not a huge um it's not a huge challenge in a way, even though you may have some some challenges about going in there in the first place, yeah. and also being maybe the self consciousness of being semi naked around others. There are all various kinds of challenges which require sisu. That is also something where you need to dig deep if that's something you're not comfortable with. Yeah, well, you know, um, us Americans are very uncomfortable with anything that involves being naked around other people, <laughs> except for so our lovers. We. <laughs> You won't be surprised to hear that so the Brits are too. Yeah, yeah, the Brits as well, right? <laughs> yeah, and I was, and I had to overcome that challenge because at certain points during the book I had to, th- that was that was what was expected and I had to go along with it. So I had yeah. to find some sisu there as well. But um, yeah, I think you're right though. I think as a, an, a, as a gateway into doing something that's a bit more, a bit healthy and quite good fun possibly and that can be quite good for you it's it's an easy entry point yeah much to be easier a, mm. to be honest with you Emma that's that's really why like when uh that's really why I want to uh, talk more about saunas and have been doing so for a little while and will be doing it more and that is because I really feel like at least in the western world this is something we don't have many things that put us in this state you know, and to me, I, I look at it like we need to have more things that give us uh, time to contemplate, time for recovery, time for relaxation other than TV. Of course, yeah. there's many people who walk. Walking is an excellent way to do it. Of mm. course, that that for many people, they don't want to walk you know, mm. in the cold and things like that. But to me, sauna is the perfect thing for cultures like ours where people are sort of like – it can they can have it in their house. It's incompatible mm-hmm. with eating. You're not going to bring you know some some chips and a burger into no. you know the mm-hmm. sauna, and it allows you to uh, connect in a, with people. It it doesn't usually you don't want to be drinking and eating in there mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And allows you to reconnect with self and or reconnect with others. And that's one of the things that I think uh, is really important that we you know, need to have in our culture, especially cultures like the British culture and the American culture, where a lot of this stuff simply does not exist. So I'm always looking yeah. for tools that we can have in our homes, which is one of the reasons I built myself, yeah. you know, a sauna. Exactly. I absolutely 100% agree. And also the other thing is a sauna is a tech-free zone, one of the last few places where you can't take your phone. 100%. And I think that's why uh, a lot of People in their 20s and 30s are really getting into sauna in the UK as well. You know, it, it's it's a relief. It's it's somewhere that's quite cheap to go to, a community sauna. You know, it's like £10 for an hour, an hour and a half. There's no phone and you feel good afterwards. There's no drinking involved. It, it's all the things you're saying. And you get this amazing feeling afterwards that it's a really good de-stress and, and it's relatively easy to achieve if you can find a sauna space near you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. So I live in um, Asheville, North Carolina. If you're familiar with the um, uh, United States, it's in North Carolina, up in the Appalachian Mountain Range. 
Uh, okay. Actually, believe it or not, I heard this interesting fact. Maybe you can, uh, maybe you can have thoughts on this as well. But I heard that that mountain range, the Appalachian mountain range, is is essentially the same mountain range that runs through Scotland. So it basically goes oh, up through the United okay. States and then goes under the Atlantic and then <laughs> basically uh, connects over in Scotland when we were all one uh, wow. sort of, sort of landmass there. Yeah, it's really it's uh, it's really interesting. But what's interesting about where I live is they have one of the few European-style bathhouses here that started up probably four or so years ago. It has become incredibly uh, popular. It used to be called Bada Bastu, which I think is Finnish or Norwegian for a sauna house. Yeah, but, but now they But now they've uh, you know changed the name just to the American Sauna House, and they're beginning to uh, you know spread spread out. But it's really interesting that that sauna culture started here in yeah. in this tiny little town in the mountain the Appalachian Mountains of North Carolina and I'm it's really interesting because it, reading in your book it seems like it's starting to become uh you know much more they're starting to become a really burgeoning british sauna culture as well when typically this was not the case for uh, the brits and you know the americas and yes. now it seems like we're beginning to uh, do that so I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are on that, and if you're seeing that as well. And when you did your work, did you did you at all come over here, or was it just mainly in Europe? It was mainly in Europe because mm. of time and budget restraints, but we mm. would have loved to have come to yeah. the States. But here in the UK, it's um, most of the saunas are the kind of horse box trailer-type saunas on beaches because the cold swimming is absolutely huge in mm. the UK. You know, like it is so many people are cold swimming now. Right. It's it's become it's become as normal as kind of doing yoga or or, or something. And so the horse box saunas they 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 can pull up quite easily on beaches without too many planning restrictions. And that's where the main ones are. And there are about um, sixty around the UK on the beaches, according to the British Sauna Society, who who keeps track of what's happening. And then there are a few forest saunas. Uh, pop up, not pop ups, cabins in the forest, Finnish, Scandinavian style, uh, which, which, or near rivers. So it's the cities that are the places where <laughs> finding good saunas is difficult. Right. Still. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? You know what I would like to do with you because I'm going to do follow up. Uh, I, I already have. Uh, I have a whole course on sauna and I'm going to do some follow up stuff on the science. So what I would really like to do with you for someone, you know, now that I have a journalist and someone who's been around and been in all the different saunas, what I'd really like to do is find out from you a little bit about sauna etiquette, a little bit about like for those people who are like me, who are kind of American sauna enthusiasts but don't necessarily know kind of the history and some of the etiquette that, uh, you, you know, you would want to be aware of in different countries. You know, you mentioned one thing. It's like, you know, I think in some countries, you know, it's considered unsanitary to be wearing clothes mm. in a sauna. In other areas, it's uh, the a lot of Americans pronounce it loily, but I believe it's called uh, lo, Lolu, right? Or, Lolu. Or, uh, Lolu. That's the water that you put on the on the, the stones. That's also, there's a lot to have to do with that. So I'm wondering if you could just walk us through a little bit about, you know, sort of sauna etiquette. And also for those of us, one of, one of my main goals is I want to, I want a vacation to the UK and, you know, check out all the saunas. I, I want to do a European, you know, sauna vacation basically for like a month or two and just travel to all these saunas. So I'm wondering of what, what kind of tips and tricks can you give us in terms of saying, Hey Jade, you got to go here. Here's some things to be aware of 
in these different cultures and and where if we were going to do a trip like this where would you say you have to go to oh, these places gosh there's a lot in there i mean i think you'd have to start in finland mm. finland's the mothership really yeah. because uh you know the uk maybe maybe north america maybe norway a little bit we're all kind of coming at this we're much younger mm. um so we're coming at it from a new exciting mixing and matching uh perspective but in finland there's a different there's any kind of sauna experience that you could imagine so you can go to a mixed sauna in a city or a male only sauna in a city or in the countryside or you can go for a hike and pitch up and use a sauna for free just like there's a pile of woods and a tarp and you just chuck the tarp over the frame and light the logs and there you go and as long as you leave it clean afterwards that's yeah, I saw the, that that's in your book that was fascinating the, these sort of tent saunas right is that what you're referring to well, yes, and also um, tent saunas, but but the photographer found Maya when she went up to Lapland, she came across like a really ancient just wooden frame with a tarp and a pile of logs, and they, they were a particular type of, I guess some locals had decided to build these saunas just as a hobby because mm. sauna building is a big hobby in that part of the world. <laughs> People so do that. stumbled fun. across this beautiful makeshift sauna. Yes. Then, huh? So makeshift saunas or, or cabins, you know, m- m- People kind of in Finland judge the judge. They go all all dewy eyed at the mention of grandma's sauna in in the summer cottage in the forest. You know that's the that's how they measure. Yeah, and for the people who are are watching this, not everyone will watch it, but look at this, look at this makeshift sauna from the book. Right, that is just yes, yes. So you just run across these, right? And I also was tripping out on the uh, (laughs) this one is funny. Someone. Someone, I'm, I'm showing a picture of a, a plane that someone ch- put it yeah. made into a sauna, and then here's, guys yeah, and here's the tent sauna. If you're watching this on, and that's Maya's sauna, Maya the photographer's sauna, that one that she takes with her on assignment everywhere she goes. So, you know, if you want to go on a sauna holiday, there's ev- everything you could possibly want to do in Finland, and you could start by heading to Tampere, which is. Uh, the second city in Finland, and it is the sauna capital of the world. <laughs> yeah, my, I, th- I think I was telling you before we came on live. My brother lived in uh, Tampere for a while, and yeah, uh, and so he's f- very familiar with the culture. But I'm gonna have to look up Maya and get her to. to oh yeah, hook I'm gonna up have to look Maya up Maya and get her to show show me around. Yeah. But so fi- so Finland first, and what are some of the the things that we should know about? Uh, Finnish uh, etiquette in, in oh, sauna culture. Yes, because there is. And uh, hygiene is very important in Finland. Mm. Well, and in a, most of those countries, you wash before you go in, you rinse off mm. wet before you get in the, in the sauna and you sit on a, you can be naked or not naked. Mm. They, they're quite relaxed about that. But you do sit on a towel that a kind of long that that covers your feet that goes over the bench and down so that you when you sweat you don't leave your sweat on the bench for someone else which makes perfect sense obviously and um then you rinse off between you rinse off and then you go back in and often you can have salt scrubs or or um honey scrub uh, honey scrub is an old traditional um 
sauna treatment that people still use. And do they use essential oils in at all? Yes, because I know they yes. do. Okay, yeah, they, they use do. essential oils. And in Finland, you always pour water on the rocks. A sauna is not a sauna unless you can pour lolu, which you yeah. uh, on the rocks. So, uh, but in Sweden, they don't pour lolu on the rocks, and they don't in Germany either, where nudity is compulsory. So things vary between yeah. cultures. And in Germany, um, in Germany, is that uh, co-ed as well? I think Americans would be freaked out by yes. that. So is that so that's yes. co-ed? Men and women in the yeah. same, and and you're kind of required to yes. be nude. And could you like an American like me who's not used to that? You know, is it like can you do you have to be completely nude, or could you cover yourself with a towel, or how does that work? Is it considered? We'll be back after a quick break. All right. Time to break into the show for one of our sponsors. This is a brand new sponsor, and there is a lot of neat research around this product that you're going to want to listen to and pay attention to. The product is Qualia Senolytic. This product helps to address one of the key discoveries of the last decade in regard to aging. As our cells age, many of them begin to become arrested in their development. These cells stop dividing. They become senescent cells, kind of like zombie cells, right? These cells that are just hanging around, no longer dividing, and secreting negative compounds that have negative effects on the body. This is a product, Qualia Senolytics, that addresses this effect. Now, you might think, well, okay, well, what about exercise and diet and fasting and cold plunges and all these things, aren't these things going to help with this? Well, here's the interesting thing. We all age, right? No matter what you do, we all know that we're going to age and you're going to see the signs of aging. Research is suggesting this is because of these senescent cells and all these things I just mentioned, fasting, proper diet, exercise, all these things seem not to make much of a difference when it comes to these senescent cells. So how do we get rid of these zombie cells and help that middle age feeling that a lot of us get after we turn 40? I know I did. That's what this, that's what this product, Qualia Senolytics, does. It's like pruning the yellowing leaves off of a dead plant. It removes worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of the body to begin to thrive. And all you need to do is use this compound two days a month, six capsules one day, six capsules the next day, and you will get the effects of these senolytic agents to remove these zombie cells from the body. The formula is non-GMO, it's vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another factoring into the combined effect of all these ingredients together. Not only that, this product comes with a 100-day money-back guarantee. If you don't begin to feel higher energy levels, feeling younger, more productive, and more enthusiastic, and especially what happened to me, less aches and pains. How do you get this product so you can take advantage of getting rid of these senescent cells? All you have to do is go to neurohacker.com slash human. And when you do, you'll get up to $100 off. When you use the code human at checkout, you'll get an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash human and use the code human on checkout. Look, 
Aging is one of those things that is incredibly difficult to do, even when we're doing all the right things with diet and exercise and fasting and all the tools we know. This is one of those products that is insurance on helping us age better. Check out Qualia Senalytics, neurohacker.com slash human, and let's get back to the show. Well, you can have a towel. I, I, that's me as well. I yeah. had to go to a German Aufguss competition in which there were 200 naked people in an event sauna for an <laughs> Aufguss, which is like a, a, an international competition where sauna masters have a, to perform for 15 minutes um, and waft the steam. It sounds mad. Use towels to move steam around the sauna. And it's a huge, it's kind of like the Eurovision Song Contest, but maybe that's like a bit irrelevant for American audiences. But yeah, and, you know, we were told off. I was told I had to be naked and take the sarong down and use it mm. to put put it so my feet were on it so I wasn't mm. leaving any sweat on the benches. So that was another moment where I had to find my sisu. Yes, no kidding, <laughs> yeah. no kidding. Yeah. You know, and, and I also, my brother told me, because he spent a lot of time in Russia, that Russia, you know, and Ukraine have a huge sauna culture as well. And one of the things he talked about that I saw in your book is using uh, these leaves, uh, you mm, know, so like these mm. bundles of branches to mm. kind of pull the steam down. I think a lot of us Americans think, you know, we see that, we think, you know, what are they going to do? Like hit us with, you know, like these <laughs> these switches, but it's really to control the, the steam, right? Is, yes. is that what they're using them for? They're using them to control the steam. And in the old days, they were typically birch because there are so many birch trees, but birch has got a saponin, which is like a... Um, an oil in the leaves so it would clean your skin and it mm. smells nice so so very very early on you know they were used for cleaning the whisks and everybody in every village had a whisk even mm. it, and if you were so destitute that you couldn't afford a whisk someone would give you your own whisk and you uh, always have your own whisk you don't share whisks which was another thing another etiquette point which I got wrong in Estonia and got shouted at <laughs> but so yeah the whisking it helps exfoliate and clean and the smell of the birch is lovely and then the sound the whisks make they sound like snare drums so mm. going back to the meditative state that you're talking about the whisks help induce that trance-like state the feeling on your body and the sound of the whisks it, they take you it's very transportive it takes you it enhances the feeling of going elsewhere, yeah. the whisks. And, of course, it doesn't hurt at all. Yeah, no. you know what's interesting, Emma, talking about this? Because when, uh, when I got your book, right, I was expecting sort of uh, – I don't know what I was really expecting, but I typically think in terms of like, oh, this is going to be a scientific treatise on sauna. And that's why, to me, it was really kind of this spiritual journey into the, the sort of sauna world. Uh, there's a obviously you go into a lot of the science which we you know could talk about but to me it really is this is this is a book that is sort of like brings you into this world that I feel like uh, every human should experience it's almost like yeah. a, it's almost like our birthright and you know to be exposed mm. to these temperature extremes and I'm mm. just so curious how historically uh, you know and how you brought this together with all these different you know types of cultures. Uh, using hot and cold mm. uh, for many, many different reasons. And I guess where I want to go next is more just let you, you know, kind of take us where you would like to take us in the time we have left in that what would you like people to know about, you know, uh, 
sauna and what you've discovered in this work that you feel like is uh, most potent or powerful uh, for people to take away? Because you, you've obviously done a, a piece of work here that not everyone gets to be this in-depth exposed to uh, this kind of culture. No, I feel so lucky for that. I mean, it was a total privilege doing this book. And I think um, some of the, some of the, uh, the, ans- the talk- look, in the old days, the sauna in a village, in a typical Nordic village, you know, it was a pharmacy, it was where women had babies, it was where the dead were laid out to be buried, they'd have bridal saunas and uh, marriage saunas and, and people would perform love spells and uh, obviously healers would go around from village to village healing people in the sauna. So it has always been an all-encompassing space. It's almost like, uh, and like, almost like the, the, the church or, or something. Yeah, like, where, like you a know, church or yeah. like a uh, – I mean, in, in Estonia and Lithuania and Latvia, they were pagans and they didn't – the sauna was one of the last places that did not uh, fall to Christianity. Mm. And they still have a lot of their uh, traditions like uh, – they really believe that if you pour the when you pour the water on the rocks and it turns to steam the steam is the gateway to your ancestors and to ancestral wisdom and some of the things we're talking about that you can go really sauna can take you to a deep place oh, yes, if it you can, want yeah. it to uh, so it can operate on on many levels it can be a quick 10 minute thing where you just feel better and you you're glad you did it or you can really go for hours like they do you know quite often in Finland and Estonia it's a Saturday night and it's kind of six hours with all the family or friends and you're in and out and and I think some of the old ideas like you you're not to take conflict into the sauna you you resolve your arguments outside Mm. these all add to this whole I mean in terms of the narrative of the story this was all brilliant for the story but the feelings what the feelings go along with that i felt uh at the end of writing the book i did a sweat lodge because i wanted to go deeper and that again that is an incredibly transporting experience that's like 2 hours kind of in a little tent around a fire and you don't go out really and the heat takes you takes you to a certain place it kind of your brain your brain melts so much that the old thoughts have to disappear and something else can come in in its place. I, I mean, I'm not explaining that very well. <laughs> well, uh, well, you know, and, and let, me, let, me, let me give the listener a little bit of my experience with this and tell me if this is what you mean. Like one, so one of the things happened uh, when I started to get into meditation. Um, it's funny. I was in, on a plane once. And we were on the runway, you know, when you get stuck and I'm kind of I was a control freak, you know, and, and maybe still in. But this was my first experience where I started to meditate and my brain was sort of having a anxiety attack. My mm. or my bo- my brain and my body were having an anxiety attack. I essentially calmed my mind down and I went into this place where I'm watching my body react while my mind is just completely calm. Right. And this was my first anyone who's meditated you know, can kind of understand what this is like. At first you start to battle your body in a sense, and it's your brain against your body. Or, and, and then your mind sort of pops out and just starts to witness and observe and your body can do whatever it wants. And it's just an interesting experience. This is how I see what happens in the sauna as you begin to train your mind. It's basically, um, it's a meditative place that forces yeah. you to confront some of your uh, control 
uh, mm. issues and reminds you that you're, you know, you are not necessarily just your body, that you can be the observer, that place where you get into this, just I'm aware that I'm aware and my body's doing what it's doing, but I get into this, this place where, and again, psychedelics do this. When you've ever mm. been done psychedelics, they take you to this place. Uh, mm. you know, very hard workout will take you to this place. So mm. I'm wondering if that's, if I'm explaining that right in the experience that you've also had. We'll be back after a quick break. All right. Well, I have a new partnership to announce that I am very excited about. And this partnership is with the next level human company, ButcherBox. I consider them a next level human company because they are doing everything they can to source the best quality meats as well as source those meats from companies and farmers that are committed to sustainable and regenerative animal husbandry, raising animals in the way that they are naturally supposed to be raised and doing right by the environment. And it is just what it sounds like, a butcher box. Imagine you had a butcher right down the street from you that put a box together for you of all the best quality meats that you could find. And that is what butcher box does. They send them frozen right to your door. And the animals are the highest quality, 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, never given antibiotics or hormones, humanely raised. Grass-fed beef is an incredible source of omega-3 acids, vitamins, and minerals. It is one of the healthiest foods on the planet. Not only is the beef superior, but they also raise crate-free pork that are humanely raised, also never with antibiotics or hormones in any of their meats. They also really pay special attention to their chicken. These are pasture-raised chicken, heirloom breeds. This means ancient breeds, wild breeds. They never give them antibiotics or hormones, and these are free-ranging animals that can run out in the pasture and eat all of the worms and bugs and everything else to make their meat incredibly healthy. And they also do free-range turkey and wild-caught seafood. And this seafood is wild-caught, sustainably harvested, no artificial coloring, no additives, just straight from the sea. Your health is going to get better, and it is much better for the environment. If you want to get involved, there are two ways to do this. One, you can go to drj.com slash butcher box, and you can choose between three curated boxes, or you can do what I do, which is make your own box. That's drjade.com slash butcher box. And when you sign up using that link, you can choose between a free year of salmon, a free year of ground beef, or a free year of chicken breast. I love butcher box. I use them myself. I am so excited that they are now sponsoring the podcast. drjade.com slash butcher box. And let's get back to the show. Yeah, it's the same for me. Like, uh, that's, I think because your body is, your body's going through a lot in the sauna, you know, isn't it? Your, your body's having to deal with a lot of things. And actually, in the book I interviewed, I did a ritual with a Lithuanian bathmaster who's been practicing for 30 years and she treats trauma. Mm. She's, she, you know, and that is, you'd have to be very experienced and everything but she takes she was taking uh refugees in and she still does into the sauna space and using it as a healing space for them 
and the te- she uses the temperature to create the the heat peaks and then the troughs and these these bring out uh bring out body memories things that are trapped in the body things that are trapped in the mind they all come out under her guidance i mean she she's guiding people through this so she's seen she's seen all sorts of things appear in the sauna you know like elation and tears and uh, i mean everything you can imagine and um there's a, yeah. there's so much in that 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 i can totally see how you if you've that going and doing having a a sauna experience with somebody really well trained like that would really be cathartic and would really help you to change your mindset yeah. or to calm your ang- calm your mind or t- whatever it is you feel you're grappling with it would come out i think it certainly has been one of the places where I wrestle with, you know, my difficulties and, and found it be in incredibly healing in that way. And it's not something we normally think about with sauna. But I want to be respectful of your time and I don't want to leave people without sort of the basics in case this is the only thing they ever listen to on sauna. Your book obviously goes through all the details, how to do this, all the science, plus all the history and all the other things that we've talked about. Um, but let's just go through the basics really quick and I'll, I'll just go through some of them and then maybe you can add, and then we'll just kind of go back and forth for the next, uh, 10 minutes or so. And so, uh, if you're interested and you've never done sauna, uh, you know, one of the things that I would say you want to begin with that Emma and I already covered for you is you do want to start slow and typically, uh, you know, people will go, Oh, cold plunge and or sauna, they'll either go hot, cold. I like to do both. And I usually like to do a five to one ratio. So if you're new to it, you stay five minute in the hot and then you get one minute or less in cold. If you're so averse to the cold, then just get out of the sauna, rinse off in a, you know, some lukewarm, you know, sort of water until you feel ready to go back in. Once you're used to it, I, I, my typical thing is 15, 15 minutes, uh, and, and then three minutes cold, 15 minutes in a sauna, three minutes cold. And then for you Americans, you know, that would be usually it's somewhere between 170 degrees of Fahrenheit up to 200. And I believe, Emma, I don't know if you know this or, or not, but I believe the finish, is it the finish to have the rule of 200 with the Fahrenheit where it's basically like depending on like 170 degrees, you want 30% humidity or something like that. But ultimately you want it to be a fairly hot in there. You stay in as long as you're comfortable. And one of the things that happens here uh, is that obviously warm and heat is relaxing in the beginning and then it becomes stimulating. So my, my thing for all you listeners is stay in until you get a little stimulated. Now, cold is the opposite. Cold is stimulating in the beginning and then it gets, then you calm down a little bit. And to me, I say stay in the cold until you get that calm effect. And then you just go back and forth. If you're doing this at night, I suggest you end in hot. Uh, and, and if you're doing it, you know, uh, not in the evening, I suggest you end in cold. But Emma has a lot more experience in many different cultures. And so how would you say, uh, what would you say to that? Do you think I'm, you know, that's a general good guideline or do you have other hints uh, that you might want to give people? I think that's a good guideline. Uh, I mean, yeah, a minute sounds like a long time to stay in the cold plunge if you've never done it before. But like mm. you say, you can just pour cold water on yourself. Yes, yes. And then you can 
just that space between the hot and the cold is also an interesting moment. I quite enjoy, you know, when I've been hot, then I've gone in the cold, then I get out and my body's tingling, my core is really warm, but my extremities, my hands and feet and face are cold. Mm. And I love that feeling of being hot and cold at the same time. Yeah. And I think that's a really calming space. For me personally, that's a really calming headspace. Yeah, that's a really good point. Actually, the place uh, here, the uh, sauna house here, recommends 15, 3, and 15, uh, basically as a recovery, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that in between because our tendency being, you know, busy Western is to, to rush between one from one to the other with no mm. time to pause. Yeah. And actually the pause can be really nice. But then um, – and and you can start whichever way you prefer, start mm. hot and go cold or start cold and then go hot depending mm. on your preference there's no yeah i usually rules. like to start cold i get in you know yes, cold same. for 30 seconds to a minute then i go hot yeah i do as well because i like the the reward after the yeah. <laughs> the yeah. hardship so so to speak but but actually you know it whatever suits you whatever you uh, in my local swimming pool lots of people are, are trying cold swimming for the first time and they're they're doing that because there's a sauna there and so they yeah. go into the sauna first because it makes getting into the cold easier so whichever way whichever yeah. way works and in in i think it, it typically in uh, finland or estonia it's like three rounds three cycles of hot and cold yeah uh is the kind of average or the yeah. the norm that's what I do. I do three to five rounds depending on time. So as you yeah. can imagine, that can take, you know, anywhere from like, you know, just over an hour to almost two hours when I'm yeah. doing 15 and three, 15 and three plus perhaps a little bit in between. And of course you want to maintain, uh, you know, hydration and, and yes. electrolytes are really good. So when we talk about hydration, you really want a good quality salt. And you talk about this in, in your book as well, but I think it's one of the best ways uh, to detox. You know, the, the blood, urine and sweat studies basically showed that, uh, we remove many more toxins from our sweat than we do feces or urine mm. or breath. And so sauna is amazing for that. Uh, and th so getting that sweat response is, uh, is a really nice piece as well. Yeah, I mean, and also sweat sweating is really good for our skin and our skin mm. is a huge organ. Yes. So we're not only uh, giving our internal organs a workout, it's really good for our skin. For example, I when I started doing the book, I had... Uh, really itchy eczema uh eczema all over my torso and and this the swimming costume and the sweat obviously was exacerbating that so i would wear a bikini but now my skin is from from having been doing saunas for a year and a half two years now i've really noticed that my skin is is more resilient more and in better shape than it was so so that's another another thing Huge, huge benefit for skin. I get, I get people uh, remarking on my skin all the time. I think it's my, my mom has great skin, but I think the sauna just, you know, uh, you know, uh, does that for you. So they're, yeah. they're always like, you know, I'm, I'm, I think it's, it, it's an amazing detox. And I've seen the same thing with things like psoriasis, acne, eczema. It's amazing for uh, skin health in that regard. Yeah, and obviously as long as you drink lots of water because yeah. otherwise your skin shrivels up and feels awful the next day. But, you know, you keep hydrated because because you want to anyway, don't you? The natural thing when you're doing that is to reach for a reach for water. Yeah. Um, so, 
that's that's another stay hydrated and just stay in as long as feel you feel comfortable and there are there are no no rules about timings um i think it's important not to be too competitive in there because hundred percent come you know it can come unstuck <laughs> yeah and a lot of americans tend to do that don't i mean and a lot and i think a, a lot of people in the uk as well i have a lot of uk yeah. friends i used to come over there to, in, to london and teach a lot and so we we do have this kind of competitive you know harder is better more is better but i think you know maybe what uh, emma and i are trying to impress upon all you listeners is that if you're new to this enter into it slowly it's a personal journey it's kind of like anything else but you will find just amazing things for your physical health, your mental, emotional health. And, and I would say you're going to you'll discover a spiritual aspect of things that you may not be expecting when you begin to expose yourself to, to hot. And cold. Yeah. One, one other thing I do want to just mention here is that people, at least in the United States, and I'm not sure how it is in the UK, but they will oftentimes one of the first questions they're going to ask people like you and me, Emma, is like, OK, what about infrared versus uh, sauna. My take on that is I I prefer the traditional uh, finished sauna with the 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 water uh, and the steam because the thermal challenge is uh, much different. However, uh, there's plenty of research on way on therapy or infrared therapy and some of the benefits there as well. You just don't get as much of the thermal challenge. And so those of you who are maybe af- you know really afraid of the hot, you know maybe an infrared. Uh, does well for you, but you won't get as hot and therefore you won't feel the contrast as much. So while I love that stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm a more of a fan of, uh, the, of the finished style. How, how about you? Yeah, I'm the same. I mean, I've been in infrared saunas before uh, and they're great. They're, they're, they're good too, but, they, mm. but yes, it's a different kind of, ex- it's a totally different experience. Yeah. And uh, you know, you you, you feel very different and you d- I don't think that you would get the the same the same feeling that we're talking about in the same way but I don't know because I haven't done enough infrared saunas to know that but uh yeah I get why people want them at home and they're in easy they're easy and uh th- they're also a good entry point you can start your heat journey any way you like really 100%. is what yeah. I think yeah, and you know, and here in the United States, they're actually starting to. There's several companies that are starting to do, uh, you know, prefab finish based uh, saunas. But I know we're coming up on time, Emma. I think you have an appointment, you know, that's coming up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. But uh, for all of you, the the book sauna, the power of deep heat. Thank you so much for this work, Emma. Is there any final things you want to leave us with? I really appreciate you taking the time. No, to it's all been of us. great. I'm so glad to hear you're such a big fan. Yeah, I, I am, <laughs> an and I'm a fan of you well. now, and I'm a fan of your book as well. And I hope that uh, you know what's great about this book. It's a coffee table book, but it's also an education book because it's just oh. so beautiful to flip through. So, well, thank th- you so much for having me on the show. It's been really, really great. And, I'm um, glad you agreed yes. to it, and I'm glad we we got to speak. And um, have a great night, and we'll see all. All of you at the next episode. Appreciate yes, you. Yes, thanks very much. Okay, bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Next Level Human podcast with Dr. Jade Tita. If you enjoyed this episode, Please make sure you subscribe and consider leaving a review. You make the biggest difference when you pass on your lessons and inspire others. That's why reviews like this are so powerful. 
your words may be the only ones that resonate for someone else. Please remember the information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. Always consult your personal physician or therapist before making any lifestyle changes. And finally, thank you for who you are in the world and the difference you make. You make.